Hello and welcome to the Taste Uber Music Podcast. I'm Diana Lynn. After a 40-year career in corporate America, I took a huge U-turn and became a volunteer DJ on 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Since 2010, I've been the host, programmer, and engineer of a weekly Americana Roots music show, The Tasty Brew. With this podcast, I'll be sharing conversations with artists and music industry insiders with the goal of entertaining and educating the listening audience, all while giving a voice to the music makers that are underserved or ignored by mainstream media. I first met Fred Wickham at the old Coda venue here in Kansas City as the lead guitar player for country band The Naughty Pines. I subsequently learned of and became a fan of his band Hadakal and now the Fred Wickham Caravan. Hadakal was around in the late 90s and early 2000s with Wickham bassist Richard Burgess along with Wickham's brother Greg. They recorded two critically acclaimed albums and toured extensively across the nation. The music critic writing for Salon Magazine once called the band's brand of country so tough, they don't have to prove it. An attorney by day, Fred has never abandoned his role as a generative working musician in the heartland. The Fred Wickham Caravan now blends country, soul, and rock and roll into a sound that fits nicely under the Americana umbrella. Comprised of some of Kansas City's finest roots musicians, the caravan originally formed to support Wickham's 2017 solo release, Mariosa Delta. Produced and recorded by the late, great Lou Whitney in Springfield, Missouri, the album received widespread critical acclaim both nationally and abroad. No Depression called Mariosa Delta, a sparkling gem of an album, a great record, part document, part tragedy, all heartbreak. While Pop Matters said the album was reminiscent of rambling folk and country legends like Dylan and Cash. For the Caravan record, recorded in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, Town Without Soul, Wickham and Burgess have recruited some of their favorite musicians and bust friends to form a six-piece band capable of jumping from one musical style to the next while maintaining a sound that is all their own. Guitar legend Marco Pascalini lends his unmistakable stylings on electric and pedal steel guitar. Cowboy Bart Colliver, Kansas City's most soulful keyboardist, adds accordion and great harmony vocals. Matt Brawl, one of Kansas City's finest drummers and an old friend who actually played with Wickham and Burgess during the final days of Hadakal, jumped right in after original drummer Sam Platt departed. Rounding out the ensemble is Wickham's son, Fred Jr., who had become an accomplished mandolin player while no one was watching. Enjoy my conversation on air with Mr. Fred Wickham. I am joined in the studio by Mr. Fred Wickham. Good morning. Good morning, Diana. Is this early for you? It's not early for me, but my voice doesn't wake up until about 4 or 5 o'clock oh in gosh. the afternoon. <laughs> you know, you've got a CD release tonight. Yes. I'm going to be really selfish and, and talk to you for a while. Do that. Make sure you use your voice. <laughs> we were talking before we went on air that we have been like ships passing in the night and seeing each other at a lot of gigs over the years, but we've really never had a proper conversation, which is why I reached out to you this week and said, you know, would you, I know it's CD release day and everything, but... It's, Would you consider coming in and just having a chat so that I can selfishly get to know you a little better? It's been long overdue, and I, I will tell you, I miss seeing you at shows because, you know, the last year and a half to two years, um, we just haven't been out much. No, um, and we're slowly but surely feeling more comfortable. I mean, I just had my booster. Yeah vaccination. Danny's getting his today. And we both had COVID and we still wear masks when we go inside. I got a respiratory virus a few months ago that really kicked my behind worse than COVID did and lasted longer. It was it was crazy. So yes, we have not been out as much as we would like to, but we're slowly but surely venturing out. Yeah. There's kind of a somewhat long and convoluted history behind you being able to get this CD 
finally Gosh. out. Yeah, in it's the world. been. Yeah, it's and and I should say it's a vinyl also. So not, uh, we have the CDs there tonight, and uh, the vinyl's on the way. But we're really proud of this thing. You know, we recorded it in Muscle Shoals. Most of it, we're getting close to maybe two years ago, right before you know the pandemic really hit. And then we went back. It, it was hard to even get back down there. We kind of finished up everything we could, and then the whole country shut down. And we got down there a couple of more times and got it finished. We've scheduled or or sort of penciled in release dates two or three times and every time you know we did we'd get another wave of covid and it's just been it's been very frustrating i know for everybody i think anybody who's trying to put out records or you know anything else it's just been a very frustrating well it's it's been frustrating but also in the course of talking to a lot of artists it's been a period of a lot of new generative work Yes, a lot of things got put on hold and stuck in the middle or whatever. But, you know, after several months of deer in the headlights, it was like, oh, okay, so what am I going to do with this? And it's been kind of interesting just from the perspective of a patron and someone who supports how the evolution in technology, people had to come to grips with streaming and and all the hardware and software that goes along with it really, really quickly if you were going to try to keep your presence online at all. So I can only imagine the frustration of having something in the works and really really close to being finished and yeah I'm like what are you gonna do yeah and, I, and I'll, I'll tell you really for me I didn't experience that I didn't find this to be a particularly creative time <laughs> and maybe it's because there, there's a certain sense of when you have a record about to come out you're kind of focused on that and, and then once once it's out new songs start coming <laughs> because yeah, you gotta have yeah. them at least at my age you know I, I, I have a, a, a pretty full calendar so when I need songs I tend to write more and, and you know we stayed pretty busy during, uh, during this time we were working from home basically you know running two businesses and and a, 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 a child in school still, all from the house. So I did. I, a lot of people have asked me that and sort of assumed that you know it was probably a very creative time. It, I, I think I I'm better after my... something happens, and then I write about it. So. Well, I think that I have found, having lived here now for almost 50 years, that our artists here in the heartland, pretty much by necessity, have to have two or three revenue streams and may or may not be able to dedicate all of their time and energy to writing music or even performing music. But that does not, in my opinion, it doesn't affect the quality or the quantity of what they put out. I mean, I have done enough traveling to other music cities like Nashville and Austin and L.A. and New York to know or to feel and have the opinion that our artists are as creative and as wonderful as anywhere else on the planet. And so when Fred Wickham and Caravan (laughs) is going to have a new record coming out, it's a big deal uh, in the city. And if everybody that I know that says they're coming... We'll I don't see. know where you're going to put everybody. <laughs> I hope so. It's, been, hope it's so. going to be wonderful. Well, I wanted to selfishly get to know you a little bit better in this conversation. So kind of basic questions, actually. Sure. Are you from here and do you come from a musical family? Uh, not a particularly musical family as far as players go. My dad had a great love of old country music and we grew up with that and the records were playing all the time. Uh, but as far as players, not so much. Uh, and had a grandmother who played piano, but that was about it. Uh, I had an uncle who's a pretty good guitar player, but I didn't see him much, so I really can't say that was a lot of influence. I'm not from Kansas City directly, but I've been here forever. Me too. Um, So, you know, my dad was in the military. We 
moved around a lot when I was very young, sort of settled in Warrensburg. That was his last stop in the military. So, you know, from the time I was 14 on, I've been at least in the area. So, yeah, I'm a Kansas Cityan for was sure. Was the guitar your first instrument? Did you take lessons? Are you classically trained? Like- no, none of that. <laughs> yeah, the first and only, rig, you know, I'll pick around on other stringed instruments a little bit, but not, not really. No guitar, and it was somewhat late. I was really in high school when I really started playing it semi-seriously. So yeah, I was sort of the late bloomer on the instrument. I think the first time I saw you play was with the Naughty Pines at Coda with Casey Roush. Probably was the first time that the, I actually the Coda, saw you. Coda, I, I miss it. <laughs> I know, I know. I know that you know that, that venue was really a struggle for William to try to you know keep people showing up for work yeah. and running the sound and cooking the meals And but the camaraderie and the community that grew up around that place for the short yeah. period of time that it was around, I just adored it. Yeah. And it was and, really and, close to home. Um, yeah, I, I think felt you safe see, there. You know, I could go there by myself. And sure. Yeah. yeah. And I think the ship sort of, you know, their Tuesday night honky talk thing sort of carried on that tradition with, with Coda gone. So. Do you, you know, your son, Fred Jr., has become quite the Mando player, Yeah, he's right? great. How he plays that? it like I wish I could play it. <laughs> Did he take lessons or is yeah. he self-taught as well? Yeah, I think pretty much... YouTube videos? <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit of that. I'm sure he probably snuck a few of those in. But he, yeah, he's a really good guitar player. You know, I play guitar, and Marco Pascalini plays in our band, and uh, my brother plays guitar. There's just guitar players everywhere. I think he realized if he uh, was going to get any playing time, he probably needed to pick up something different. Do so. you do the heavy lifting on the songwriting? Are you writing the lyrics and yeah, the yeah, music? Yeah, they're all, yeah. And did you write poetry as a kid? So does this come easily to oh. you? Keep journals. Bad, really bad poetry, yeah, a yeah, little bit, or, or little uh, observations more than actual poetry, probably. And, I, yeah, I did that for a little while. Have you ever um, participated, like, in a songwriting workshop or retreat or anything like that? No, I, I don't work well with others when it comes yeah. to songwriting. Well, you know, um, if, if you know that. Yeah, and I, I'm a very tedious, it takes, I mean, even a simple song, it seems like I run it through my head for three months before I'm ready to present it to anybody. Um, I wish it wasn't that way. I know some people can just, Howard Iceberg can go and in a weekend probably write more than I would write mm-hmm. in six months. But, Have you ever toured? Uh, yeah, not with this band, but yeah. with, uh, with Haddockall, the old band. Had, I think that reminds me of a quote from Jerry Lee Lewis, you know, why did they call it Haddockall? And he goes, well, they had to call it something. Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. <laughs> you have have your history down. So when you toured, was it in a, a, a car, a, a van, or a bus? It was in a van. A van with no air conditioning, and for a while didn't even have a back seat. It had a love seat that was not even attached to the van, uh, just sort of uh, freely moving about in the back. So. Carl Butler says if you are in the van, you are on the road. You're touring if you have a bus. Yeah, well, then we were just on the road. <laughs> I had a bus, I just never used it. You know, I had Waylon Jennings' old tour bus Did for a you while. now? Yeah. How, how did you get that? That's a long story. Yeah. Cliff notes? There's no cliff notes. Yeah, look version. at uh, Google Fred Wickham and Waylon Jennings and, and uh, C.J. Janvey from the, at the... It'll give you the whole sad wrote, story. Wrote a great story on it, and that's the place to find it. It just seems to me that bus travel would be preferable, but so expensive. Yeah, yeah, it's expensive even even in a van. You know, we're getting ready to go down to Florida for a, a festival we're playing, and, you know, it takes a lot to get six people on the road in 
and, and get somewhere. Well, so. let's, let's talk about those six people. What's what's the lineup for this so, band? <clears throat> the lineup is Richard Burgess on bass, and Richard uh, and I played in Had a Call together. Um, and really, I always say anything of any significance that I've done musically, Richard's been there with me. So One of the most entertaining visual yes <laughs> you know come see richard tonight. oh my gosh it's such a pleasure to watch him even if it's an act and i don't think it is it, it isn't it's so joyful it, it to watch him and, I, and i'll tell you how you know is because he's so genuine on stage and that is part of his personality that's where that part comes out you know he's very outgoing you, you've seen him mm-hmm. and he's very entertaining to watch he's a pretty quiet guy in, in real life <laughs> that's sort of where he expresses himself and it's true genuine expression he, when he feels, the more he's feeling the music, the more you're going to see that sort of... Uh, I've got and, such great pictures of him. You know, I'll <laughs> he, just like point the camera at him and just click, click, click. Yeah, he doesn't take a bad picture on and stage, really. it's just, I've got some amazing pictures of Richard. Okay, so Richard on so yeah, bass. Yeah, Richard on bass. You have Matt Brawl uh, on drums. Matt is, and all of these people, um, for the most part, are people I've known for a long, long time. Matt played with Had a Call sort of when we were ending. We didn't really know we were ending, uh, but we had our drummer had moved away, and we still had dates. And Matt did some, you know, short touring with us. And he's just, he, he, I have always said, he's the guy that my brother and I and Had a Call through the years. I always wanted to get Matt Brawl in the band, and finally got him. He's a bucket list <laughs> so, guy. Um, so then, moving on, you have Marco Pascalini, who everybody knows or if you don't if you know anything about music in this town i think you know who marco is he's always been one of my favorite guitar players um, just an absolutely unique player very and very tasteful tasteful and um and different you it's know? almost what he doesn't play a- absolutely you know, the- i think all these guys you can say that about they're so committed to the song um and nobody's really trying to just get the you know the attention for the moment they're really all about the song and marco's just a fan I mean, he's just he, he's a wizard he's one he, and he's in, he lives on another planet because he doesn't play like anybody else. He just has his own thing that's that's great. And 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 more recently has become just an extremely accomplished pedal steel player, uh, which is a relatively is new thing. It doesn't seem like it because he's so good, but he's only been playing pedal steel for maybe five or six years. Yeah, I mean, I've I love pedal steel, and I've been so blessed to be able to see people like Lloyd Green and Paul Franklin in person. That's one of, that's person, one of his you for Marco. Oh yeah, I've seen those. But to watch someone play pedal steel and how the rigs are all kind of yeah. different and have been customized to their yeah. their own body and, and the way they like to play. I Many, many years ago, I, I lived with a guitar player at, in a rock band, and he had a pedal steel, and he always threatened to play it and learn how to play right. it. But like within 20 or 30 seconds of sitting down and trying, he just... <laughs> Throw his hands up and just... It's funny It's funny when you watch a pedal steel player because it almost looks like they're doing nothing because there are these, you know, those sort of minor movements with the levers, with their knees and their feet, and, and really their hands aren't moving a whole lot, and there's all this just glorious sound coming out of it. But, you know, it's a full-body instrument, so Mark is just fantastic at that. On the record, uh, Bart Colliver plays uh, keyboards, and he was just such an integral part of this whole process. He got, He's the one who got us uh, to go down to Muscle Shoals and record, and he's just fantastic. Bart was looking at moving to Muscle Shoals, and he lives pretty far from us, so he's kind of backed out of the band on all on very good terms. Um, and Lynn Buck's taken over, and Lynn is just a phenomenal keyboard player. He would be maybe the one guy in the band when you ask about being trained. I don't know, but he sounds like he has been. He's just can play anything and just sounds fantastic. 
and then uh, my son on the mandolin who we talked about so and it's just great having him in the band and he like i said he plays he plays mandolin like i would play it if i could it's a it's a bluesier funkier kind of it's not the super fast bluegrass stuff all the time although he does some of that too so is he in another band no he's just in our band i think everybody else well not everybody i don't i don't know that lane's playing another band but you know we have the the alter ego still with the naughty pines on once a month we were just talking off mic about you know where is there to play in kansas city for a six-piece band that you can you know fit in and maybe make some money and you know places are closing the riot room closed and i mean you know the ship we love the ship it's great and and knuckleheads of course yeah but but it's not it's not as easy as it used to be have you performed as just a solo or a duo like the singer-songwriter thing so that you could play the coffee shops and uh, wineries have. and that kind of stuff yeah i have I, I i don't get as much out of that yeah I, part of what i really love about music is interacting with with other people whether it's you know casey whether it's my brother and had a call whether it's the people in this band that i've played with forever i i, I that's a being on stage and having you know that that spontaneous sort of thing between musicians is a that's a huge reason that i'm still doing this i think that the festival circuit kind of fired up again you know toward the end of the summer or the fall but those kind of gigs are so are completely dependent on outdoors or, or the weather and yeah. we just can't do that here yeah and we've uh, we're doing a festival in florida but what we've and it was sort of a late booking we got asked to do it but what we found is that it's it's hard to to book shows on the way there and back just because so many venues still aren't really going so it's, it's been tough it has been tough there's a, a friend of mine that does a house concert series down in of all places buffalo missouri she has this beautiful coffee shop and and she books people. She looks at their tour, and she's equidistant between St. Louis and Kansas City, or like St. Louis and Springfield, or Tulsa, or whatever. Right. And she does the homework and figures out they're going to have an open date on a Thursday we, we night. Need to talk after this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be a great yeah. show to do. She's uh, she's got that kind of figured out. But uh, I notice now more than ever when I look at a tour schedule for an artist, the rhyme and reason of it. Yeah, you know the geography. Yeah, the the sense of space and place that goes into booking a tour you can't be in minnesota one night and you're not supposed to but there were a few times you would look at the map and go what was this tour who's going to be the who's going to be the designated driver for the overnight that's always a question kind of thing i'm hoping with whatever time i've got left on the planet to be more instrumental in somehow creating opportunities for heartland artists to stay here in the heartland and not leave to go live in nashville and uproot their families and or to stay here and be able to survive and thrive here the venues and the opportunities whether it's private parties or corporate parties or whatever it is we've got to figure out the venue thing no i think you're right too uh, because we have we have the resources here to do that there's a lot of corporate money here and there is and you know for whatever reason i think people a lot of times just sort of take live music for granted you know and it's something that the players oh honey don't get me started yeah, they enjoy <laughs> doing it but it does you know you look at the time that you put into doing something it's frustrating when you know somebody's very willing to tip their bartender which they should yeah. but for some reason the band's being paid. Yeah, we don't <laughs> want to pay a cover charge. We want to talk during yeah. your entire set and don't you dare <laughs> stick a tip already onto my automatically onto right. my bill for the band because right. yes, I love live music and I'm a live music supporter, but <gasps> don't get me started. Well, Town Without Soul is the yes. name of the CD. It's the CD released tonight at the ship. Let's play the title track. Let's what the that. heck? Town Without Soul. Are you talking about? It is not Kansas, Kansas City, City and it's not my old hometown of Warrensburg. If you look more to the middle of the state, you would 
be able to find the capital city that ah. might be referenced there or at least sort of an inspiration but if you have another town um, that you feel that way about yeah. that's fine fill in the blank here that's right this is town without soul the title track to the fred wickham caravan brand new cd releasing today Years ago, even yeah, no, not not at all. What's the best thing about 
the Kansas City music scene from your perspective? I, I think it's the community, just the people that really do care about each other and support each other. You know, any show we play, other musicians are showing up to support us, and that's that's a great feeling. I wish I could do that more. Unfortunately, I've, most of my life I've had a young kid at home. So between that and, and playing, I don't get out to other shows, which is why I really enjoy uh, having shared bills. That's how I, you know, obviously how we got to see the Rose Line, which probably if they were playing here, it would be unlikely uh, that I would have gotten out to see them unless we were playing on the bill. You know, it's just hard to do that. What's your least favorite thing about about Kansas City? About the music scene or the... Oh, wow. You know... There's so I, much. <laughs> well, there's a lot, but it's the same... I don't think it's particular to, particular to Kansas City. No, it's not. You know, really anywhere. It's just frustrating a lot of times, like I said, that live music doesn't seem to be uh, valued the way it should be. Um, it's such a, an important part of any community, I think. And, and while there are a lot of people that in, enjoy it, it's a hard thing to sustain for people, especially people who are trying to to make you know their living solely doing that it's just really really tough well it's inherent upon those of us who are not in a position to create music to do what we can to make sure that you survive and thrive i'm going to have you think about what we're going to play next from this amazing album that releases tonight at the ship just because you can what's what's that song about oh can you, sort of can about, you divulge yeah it's kind of it, you take what you want from it but sort of a basic theme of uh, self-righteousness that some people seem to have and not always well placed yeah all right this is just because you can the Fred Wickham Caravan Just because you can doesn't mean you should Just because you did don't mean you did it good Just because you won't don't mean you never will Just because you had a heart don't mean you got one still Saw the house on fire Brought gasoline and wood Just because you can Doesn't mean you should Just because you pray Don't mean that you believe Just because you pay Don't mean you'll be received Bible in your hand And the devil up your sleeve Praying on the hungry And the easily Just because you're strong don't mean that you won't break 
rocking with that one tonight just yeah. because you can yeah and we'll have the wow. uh, grand marquee horns who you know just the best horn section you could ask for playing with us uh, on some of these horn songs so it's gonna be great so this thing was recorded in muscle shoals which seems like this ethereal like i said emerald city place on the hill that is unattainable but you recorded down there what, what it's really like? very talk, attainable. talk about this arranger it's, and this arrangement of those horns that was just fantastic yeah the uh, horns were arranged by charles rose who's just a giant you know in, in among music people who kind of know the behind the scenes stuff he uh, currently and has been for years lyle lovett's big band uh, music director but he played on everything you can imagine he played he was on stage playing with the muscle shoals horns during john lennon's last performance playing in elton john's band <laughs> so the guy's just done everything okay now you're just not dropping yeah. names that's, right. hey, that's hey. fantastic yeah it's ridiculous so hey, yeah we're having lunch with him you know he arranged the horns when he was on tour with Lyle and he had a day off and he said he just went and walked took a walk and in his head <laughs> arranged the, the songs that uh, that we wanted horn arrangements for and then when, uh, when we were down there another time because he was still on tour with Lyle when we actually recorded it but he came back and we had lunch with him and he's real soft spoken Not the la- he wouldn't tell you all this you gotta pull it out of him but he goes he says well I did have an interesting week last week and he pulls out his phone and pops up a picture of him and Paul McCartney he had been <laughs> recording with McCartney so yeah he just has had one of those magical uh, musical careers and is a super nice person too they they generally really are yeah i mean you don't last in, in any industry or any sphere of influence for 50 years or right. whatever yeah being a total jerk right i mean people won't want to work with you yeah they're gonna want to pay he could not have been more gracious and was genuinely interested in the songs was asking me why i did this or that i did it was just it was very nice um is this 
the f- and I'm sorry to be ignorant about this fact, but is this the first time you've done vinyl? Yes, it is. Yeah, we I kind of, unfortunately because you know I grew up with vinyl and and always loved vinyl, but sort of when you know right when uh, Hadakal was recording, you know nobody was doing vinyl. So I you know maybe someday we'll get them re-released on vinyl. But yeah, this is the first vinyl uh, record for us. And where where is it being? What's it going to look like? How's it going to be available? Is it sitting out on a container ship at Long Beach? I I don't know. You know, everything's so messed up shipping-wise and everything these days. Uh, But I'll tell you, uh, we're we're doing the record on Black Site Records, and Sean Savings is the uh, guy that runs that label. And he's just been fantastic. He's taken care of all of that. And it's been a huge headache, I'm sure, because we've changed dates for the release. You know, every time we thought we were about there, we'd get another round of uh, the pandemic. So, but Sean's been fantastic. It's going to be a gatefold album, and he'll have uh, copies of uh, the actual cover there. But, uh, we'll have to order, you know, pre-order some of these records, and a lot of people already have. The f- there's the first, I can't remember if it's 75 or so, are on turquoise blue vinyl. Mm. So, you know, get those. <laughs> you want to? I, I think there's still some of those left, um, and then the rest will just be regular black vinyl after that. But a full gatefold uh, album package. Uh, Marco Pascalini and his brother did the. Artwork the, the artwork on the CD cover is extraordinary. Yeah, it's that's beautiful colors, yeah. beautiful graphics. And thank you for sending me the lyric sheets, by the way. I, I yeah, really and the actual really... vinyl will have the lyrics in there. We couldn't fit them, fit well, them in the CD. <laughs> for, for those that may not know, because they're new to vinyl, what do you mean by the gate? That's the, the, if you remember the old records, some of them would open up. Double albums always did it, but a lot of times, even a single album like this would open up, and there'd be more artwork in the middle there. So you'd have two extra panels basically uh, to look at. So um, I always liked those when I was when I was a kid. I was such a liner note geek, you know, back in the day when I was in high school. I mean, it was like if you want to know who played bass for the Kinks or who produced so, go ask Diana because she reads all that stuff. I miss that. Yeah, and I kind of got back in. One sheets aren't quite the same. You know, no, and and CD artwork isn't the same. You you know you can't hardly see anything on it. Yeah. But I remember, yeah, when when I was a kid, you'd get a new record and you'd sit there with the album opened up with the, with the paper, the yeah. the white yeah. tissue paper, and yeah, and you'd and you'd read everything. You know, if the lyrics were in there as the record was playing, you'd read every lyric and realize that the lyrics that you were singing in the car <laughs> were wrong. Absolutely, <laughs> yes, not right. Well, I. I want to thank you so much for coming in and taking so much time out of the morning when you've got this big show tonight and it was lovely to get to know you a little bit i i want to know what, what should go out of here with uh did, we didn't play that one thing fat bird I fat bird you know if, if you want to get political <laughs>
love to hear the fat bird sing. Everybody loves to hear the fat bird. 